You guys do a great job today. This is awesome. Great job. Wonderful. Hey, why don't we have the kids stay in today? There's not many people here. And give everybody a break, so find a seat, make yourselves comfortable. Let's take up an offering. Lord, I thank you for um, blessing us, for your kindness and your generosity toward us. Lord, I ask that you receive this offering, that you multiply it and use it for the glory of your name. Amen? Amen. Thanks for giving. If you make out a check, you can make it out to the bridge. Few announcements. Uh, we've uh, taken a couple of weeks off in most of the church activities. We'll start up the Spoon Outreach again <clears throat> on the 4th of January. We'll uh, start up the, um, the Food Pantry uh, the 5th of January. Uh, Maurice's small group sometime next year. We haven't talked about exactly when that's going to start up again. The book club will start up again on <clears throat> January 6th. The youth group is alternative uh, Saturdays. Those dates will get posted soon. Um, Friday, I guess the big thing coming up this week is Friday we're going to have our annual New Year's Eve party starting at 8 o'clock. Bring snacks. It's usually not a problem for this group. Bring food. Bring games. Bring your friends. We'll supply the uh, tables and uh, music. <laughs> And we'll have fun. We'll ring in the new year together. Um, I know it's snowing outside now. It's supposed to get pretty nasty later today. Um, if on a Sunday uh, we have a snowstorm or a Saturday night, you're not sure if we're going to have church, check the website. I can update it from home, and I'll, I'll put something up right on that main page that says if we're going to cancel. This way you don't have to venture out. Any other announcements? Anything else going on that I missed? All right, great. Then uh, open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs 25. I've been preaching an extended series of messages on mercy. You guys know me well enough now. I sink my teeth into a topic and I just mine it for all that it's worth. And uh, I've I've enjoyed uh, this this journey on, on mercy. We've looked at um, the changing seasons. We've looked at redemptive gifts, what the Beatitudes have to say on mercy. We looked at some parables like uh, the Good Samaritan. Jesus' Jesus's repeated statement that he desired mercy, not sacrifice. We looked at the Old Testament root of that verse from Hosea. Last week we looked at um, how mercy triumphs over judgment from James chapter 2 and and the account of the, the woman caught in adultery and how Jesus extended mercy and not judgment uh, to her in that day. Um, if that interests you at all, if you've missed any of those, they're all on our website. But today I'm going to go off the topic of mercy and um, I want to do something a little bit different. Over the years, um, either the last Sunday of the year or the first Sunday of the year, I tried to give some type of prophetic message. Hey, this is what I see coming uh, for the next year, and um, I want to do that again uh, today for, for next year, for 2011. Um, and as I prepared for this, I looked at what I'd said last year. I'm thinking, hey, how did I do? <laughs> you know, I saw some things for 2010 and 
Did, it, did any of it come to pass? You know, God, God shows me things. I see things in pictures. But the revelation I see is certainly imperfect. Scripture says we see in part, right? We see as through a, a glass, a, a dark glass. We see dimly. And that's true for me. Certainly, I don't have a perfect clarity, a perfect revelation. But um, I did see a few things for last year. Um, we looked at Matthew chapter 8 on how the disciples got in the boat. Jesus said they were going to the other side. They hit a storm in the middle. And I had a sense that that was us, that was going to be us for 2010, that we hit a storm in the middle of the year. And I think, I think that was pretty true. And, um, but God was going to take us to the other side. And I felt like he's done that as well. There was a sense that faith would be required as we navigated that storm. A few other things I'd seen. I'd seen the, the potter with his hands on the clay. And I told you I felt like there was good news and bad news in that. The good news is that both of God's hands were on us. We were the clay in the potter's hands. How good is it to know that you've got both of God's hands on you? But the, from Jeremiah 18, that text says that the, the pot was marred in the potter's hands, and, that, and he reshaped it. And so there was good news and bad news in that, that he was doing a reshaping of the pot that was in his hands. I felt like that represented us. Um, both his hands on us being, the, being good news. Reshaping, for people who don't like change, that's not always such a fun process to go through. But it's good to have both his hands on us. I, I also had seen last year a tri-level chessboard and how God was moving pieces around and that there would be movement of people. I'd seen international connections between us and other countries. I thought for sure it would be the, uh, the United Kingdom and Asia. I'd seen large earthquakes in uh, 2011, 2010. And that there would be um, political and scientific and ge geophysical significance. That it represented pain with purpose. I thought there would be attacks against the U.S. economy. I'd seen three apples fall from a tree, and I thought there was, those represented three apostolic leaders who would, um, who would be going home to the Lord. And I felt like there would be light sent out from New York to all parts of the United States. Some of these things obviously came to pass. I think the storm that we collectively went through as a group. I think that was probably an accurate word in how God navigated us through it. Some of the large earthquakes I'd seen, um, that there would be large earthquakes, and there were some, some very large earthquakes uh, last year. The seventh largest earthquake ever recorded was on February 27th in Chile. That was an 8.8 .8 magnitude earthquake. The seventh deadliest earthquake in recorded history happened on January 12th, and that was unfortunately in Haiti. Over 222,000 people died in that tragedy. Overall, in, in 2010, there were 19 earthquakes over 7.0 in magnitude. That's some serious earthquakes. That's some seriously large earthquakes. Uh, other things I saw didn't happen. I don't know about the apples that fell. I thought those were going to be apostolic leaders. I've wondered if I misinterpreted it. There were some major political leaders <laughs> that, that went down and are no longer in office. I wonder if it represented them. I don't know for sure. I think I missed it on the international connections with 
Asia and in the United Kingdom. Maybe those will happen sometime in the future. Um, so uh, just you know, being that honest. I remember seeing you know, in one of those earthquakes, seeing the earth's crust open. And I wondered if, um, if what I was seeing could have been the oil spill, the BP oil spill. There was stuff coming out. But I do see in part. And so just to be you know, frank with you, so you know, I, don't hit, I don't bat a thousand. But I did see some things for this year, and I wanted to share those insights with you. Um, God's given me a scripture uh, for the year, some significance and color and number, and then he showed me five pictures. So I'd like to share those things uh, with you. So, um, so let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would um, open our eyes this morning. Open my eyes to see and give me your heart to communicate your word uh, well, humbly, and as accurately as possible to your people. Give them ears to hear. Lord, I pray that revelation would go into them and have its full impact upon them. Amen? So when I pray about 2011, one of the, just a few general things. One of the major things I see in the first was just the numbers of the year, 2011. And, um, and, and the insight I had was this, that 2011 was going to be a year of significantly, of significantly multiplied transitions. Significantly multiplied transitions. We know that um, from the training we've gone through, the number two means multiplication. It can mean division in a negative, but I felt it was a positive thing. Uh, multiplication. Usually a zero after a number is kind of like an exclamation point. So significantly multiply uh, transition, 11. Usually means transition or, or revelation. But I felt like this coming year was going to be a year of significantly multiplied transitions for most people. Um, but that there was also significantly multiplied revelation to help you navigate it. That was the other side of 11, transition, revelation. That with the significantly multiplied transitions, there is available to us significantly multiplied uh, degrees of revelation to help us navigate the time. And it, it, this is kind of like what I saw. It was like there's a phone ringing. <clears throat> and the call's for you. And it's God on the other end of the line. And he has wisdom for your journey. And all you've got to do is answer the call. And so what I would encourage you to do in the coming year is to respond to his promptings. I think there's, at least I find in my life, maybe you have experienced this too, that there's many promptings that have come from God. And often I've discovered if I respond to those promptings, and they can be very subtle. It's like, have you ever been in the room and you hear, you think you hear a phone ring? And you might even say to someone, hey, was that your cell phone? I think it's going to be like that. I think the promptings that we'll get throughout the coming year will be subtle. And they'll be kind of on the quiet side. And you'll have to wonder for a second, did I hear a phone ring? Was that God prompting me? And I think you'll discover, you'll find that if you respond to those promptings, it'll be him. And in it being him, he'll communicate to you wisdom for the journey in this time of transition in 2011. So answer the call. If you hear the phone ringing, take the call. <laughs> it's probably him. 
So respond to the subtle promptings of God. I think there'll be lots of time, many occasions over the next year where there'll be these subtle little nudges in, in your heart. And this is what you'll find. If you'll respond, um, um, if you'll quickly respond to the to subtle, gentle nudges from God, you'll find that you'll become more aware and more attuned to those gentle, uh, gentle, subtle, gentle uh, nudges. Um, it's like um, get a new car, or at least a car that's new to you. I remember we got our, our white Ford Explorer, right? It's an Eddie Bauer edition from about, I don't know, 11 or 12 years ago. Man, everywhere I go, I'd seen those things. Or at least I'd see white SUVs. I never noticed them before. But after I got that car, I noticed them everywhere. I think that's what it's going to feel like with these subtle, gentle nudges from God. As you begin to respond to them, you'll recognize them more often around you. So I think this next year is going to be a significant time of transition for most everybody. Um, but God's not just throwing you out there to the wind on your own. There's revelation for you, and you'll need revelation from him to help navigate the course that's ahead. So respond to his gentle nudges. The other thing I had a sense is I asked God, I says, what's the color? What's the color for this coming year? Um, who, whose favorite color is green? Does anybody have a favorite color green? Yeah? yeah? Probably everybody. Yes, 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 green's my favorite color. But I felt like green was the color for the year. Why? I don't know, but that's what I had a sense he showed me. Yeah. And, um, and, and if green is your favorite color, I think it'll, this next part will be especially significant for you. Um, and this is what I felt it meant, that there will be two sides to it. As, as there are with most revelatory symbols, it could be a positive and a negative sign. I think for this coming year, if you respond to the leading of the Spirit, you'll see fruitfulness in 2011. You'll see growth. You'll see prosperity if you respond to the leading of the Spirit. However, green is still the color for the year. If you respond to the leadings of your flesh instead, then it's like weeds will grow in, instead of fruitfulness, it'll, and there'll be envy and jealousy and pride. So the flesh will lead us, and it, you, it's going to be fertile ground for this year. I think that's what green means. The ground is very fertile for this year. And so if you follow the leading of the Spirit, there will be fruitfulness of, of prosperity and of growth. If you follow the leading of the flesh, it's still fruitful ground. But what will spring up will be weeds instead. And those weeds will represent jealousy and envy and pride. So some of the general things uh, God showed me. I asked, I asked him to give me a scripture verse. Uh, I praise this. It says, Lord, show me in the scriptures. Show me where we are in the scripture. And that's what I did last year. And he led me to, I think it was Matthew chapter 8, where Jesus took the disciples in the boat. And I was like, oh, man, great. You know? <laughs> but I'd rather he tell me you know, than not tell me. Well, I asked him this year, show me where we are in the Scriptures. And he led me to a place that, that I hadn't quite expected. And I think it's, there's some significance to it. And it's Proverbs 25, verse 2, uh, which says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search a matter out. Proverbs 25.2. I think that's going to be the verse for
for us for the year. That it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search a matter out. I think this, this verse speaks about dreams. It's one of the verses that uh, is used in the, in the streams courses when we teach on dreams. I believe that dreams will be more significant uh, for us in 2011. So I would encourage you, um, as God gives you mysteries, as he conceals matters, he gives you things in parabolic, metaphoric, in the form of a puzzle or a mystery, as he gives those things to you, especially in the form of dreams, write them down. Because it's his glory. He, see what he's doing? He's wooing you. He wants to have interaction with you. And so he gives you a puzzle, and he wants you to figure the puzzle out. It's so often how he works with me when I preach a sermon series. He, I don't know what the seventh message in my series is going to be. He shows me the first one. It's like the first you know, crumb on the trail. I pick up that one, and I go down the trail a little further, I pick up the next one. And it, it stirs up in my heart a desire to pursue him, to run after what he's doing, to follow the path that he's on. And I think that's what Proverbs 25, 2 means for us. It's the glory of God to conceal him out of because he sees you as kings and as queens, as his princes and princesses, and he wants you to pursue what he reveals to you. So I think dreams will be more consistent in, in the year 2011. I think there'll be dreams about this congregation. I've already begun to see the signs of this. I, it's like the pieces to a great puzzle. Some of the dreams you have, they're just going to be about you. They're about you and your life and your family. Probably most of the dreams you have. However, I think for this congregation, that God's going to give dreams to different people in the body and we're each going to have a different piece to the same puzzle. I think there's a grand puzzle. And I'm only going to get one piece of the puzzle. And you're going to get another piece. And I think it's as we come together and put our different puzzle pieces on the board that the fuller picture will make, make sense. So you, your dreams are important to all of us. And, and so are mine. Because only you will have your piece of the puzzle. And so I think things will become more clearly as we bring our puzzle pieces uh, together. That should be interesting to see how that plays out. And I think God's going to give you dreams about your spiritual journey. It'll be another one of the ways that you hear the phone ringing and whether or not you respond uh, to the call. So record your dreams. I think it's about God wooing us. Like I said, he's calling and drawing, uh, drawing us with mysteries and secrets and riddles. So expect God to speak to you parabolically in 2011. Uh, with that, I felt like um, it would be good to encourage you to study the parables of Jesus, and especially Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13 is almost all parables that Jesus shared. So I think as you... Um, follow him as you um, engage in personal relationship with God this year, you'll find him communicate to you in the parables, especially in Matthew 13. Um, but, but Proverbs 25 is significant. Um, verse 2 is significant, but I think as we uh, go through the year, you will find in Proverbs 25 wisdom that you'll need for the year. Read through Proverbs 25. 
I think different verses will speak to different people at different times of the year. It'll be the answer that you need. It'll be the guidance that you need, the wisdom that you need. So um, two parts of Scripture, Proverbs chapter 25 and Matthew chapter 13. I like Proverbs 25 too in the New Living Translation. It says, It is God's privilege to conceal things, and it is the king's privilege to discover them. And that's what it'll be like for many of us in 2011. The privilege of God to conceal things, but it's our privilege to reveal them, to discover them. So it's God's privilege to communicate to you in mysterious ways. And then, um, as I pressed in and spent time with the Lord, he showed me five different pictures. And I want to share those pictures with you and, you know, what I sense that they mean. The first thing I seen was um, what looked like the planet Earth, but it was a multicolored uh, beach ball. Yep, I see strange and unusual things. <laughs> but it was a multicolored beach ball that was getting hit back and forth over a net. You know the, the beach balls that kind of have like those those stripes of yellow and blue and red on them, right? White, usually. Um, and I, my sense was that, to let you know that matters of the earth will be continually battered about in the year 2011, but it's not, all the battering around that'll happen, it's not going to get anywhere. One side in that, the other side in that. One side in that, the other side in that. Is this going to be a back and forth? And um, I had a sense that on the, the, the world scene, that much will be reported, but little will be resolved or accomplished. Um, so don't allow it to consume you. This is, this is God's side of it. This is why I think he gave it to me. Don't allow it to consume you or rob you of your peace. Um, the 24-7 cable news outlets will not be your friends spiritually in the coming year. So whatever world craziness goes on, it's not going to come to much. And so don't let it consume you. Don't let it make you crazy. In other words, don't worry. That's, that's the point of this. And so Jesus' words in Matthew 6 are really poignant for the coming year. Let, let me read some verses from Matthew 6. This is him speaking to your heart. He said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in bonds, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying, add a single hour to your life. And why do you worry about clothes? Look at the flowers of the field. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day is enough trouble of its own. So as you see issues battered back and forth, world issues battered back and forth in the year 2011, 2011, don't worry. No matter how crazy it gets, God's still in control. And he cares about you. And he'll provide for you. He'll meet your needs. Seek first his kingdom. Don't worry about this other stuff. So that was the first picture I seen. The second picture I seen was an old book. <coughs> I saw this old book. It, it was battered. It had a leather cover that was worn, kind of mocked up. But when I opened it, the words inside this book were written in gold, and the pages were illuminated. I mean, it was like, whoa. You really couldn't tell how brilliant and how incredibly light-filled and valuable the inside of the book was by the outside of the book. And I felt like this was saying, 2011, don't judge a book by its cover. You know? Man looks on the outside. God looks on the inside. Reminded me of uh, when God spoke to Samuel. When Samuel went to Jesse's house to pick a new king, right? And it was Samuel's instinct to go to Jesse's oldest son. He was the biggest. He was the tallest. He was the, you know, he was the oldest. And it would seem like from the outward appearance that, of course, this would be God's choice, right? And here's Samuel, great prophet. It's said of Samuel that none of his words fell to the ground. As great as a prophet as Samuel was, it seemed like he was missing it. You know, he was looking on the outside. And this is what God told him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I felt like in many ways God's saying, hey, that's us. That's you for this year. Don't be concerned about what's on the outside. Be concerned about what's on the inside. Don't concern yourself with what you've gone through in your history, but on the inside, consider what God's producing in you. And so what I had in mind as I, as I considered that, I think there's a few applications to it. I think the primary application to not judging a book by its cover is for you when you look in the mirror. I think it's how God sees you. You look at the outside when you think about yourself. I think most of us judge ourselves way too harshly. And what I would say to you is when God looks inside you, he sees pages that were written with gold and were filled with light. They're just illuminating. You look a whole lot better on the inside than you do on the outside. I'm just saying. <laughs> so consider yourselves from the inside, not the outside. And God's pleased. But also as you think of other people, don't judge a book by its cover. The outside of people might be showing you something and you're thinking, man, they're just beat up and worn out and I don't know if I want to buy that book. I don't know if I want to take that one home. Let me go find one where the cover looks a whole lot better. But as you consider other people, like the prophet Samuel, don't be distracted by the outward appearance. God's concern what's on the inside. So look on the inside. 
And I felt like there was some connection to this to Romans chapter 8. So with that in mind, no matter what happens in, in the year 2011, remember these basic uh, truths of our faith from Romans chapter 8. Verse 1 says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't care how battered the outside of your book looks, how worn out it is, how overused it might feel, how banged up it's been by the stuff of life. Romans 8.1 says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you think about you, think about that verse. A few other verses from Romans 8, I think, apply into this section. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? When you consider your life, when you look at yourself, when you see that old book, know this, that God's for you. He's on your side. I don't care what's up against you. You, God plus one is a majority. If it's just you and him, you win. No one can be against you. Nothing can stand against you with him on your side. And then a couple of final verses from, from Romans chapter 8. Again, as you consider yourself, whatever you go through in life in this coming year, remember this, that in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, as you look at that book and you consider the outside and the inside, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If God is for you, who can be against you? And nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing. So don't worry about the matters of the earth. Don't judge yourselves too harshly as you look on the outside. Look at what's on the inside. That's what he sees. The next picture I seen was also an unusual picture. I saw four pots on a stove, four pots cooking on a stove. And they were four different sized pots. And they were cooking four different things all at the same time. But none of it was ready to be served yet. And I knew that God was the chef. And verses, very familiar verse from Jeremiah 29, 11 came to, to mind. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know the meal I'm preparing for you. <laughs> I know what's cooking on your stove. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. So God's cooking something up. He's got plans for your life, for your future that he's cooking up, and it's good stuff. Could you imagine if you got invited to his house for dinner? And he was cooking for you. That's what it's like. He's cooking up something. And I felt like that what he's preparing, it's the main course. And whatever it is, it's all to be served at the same time. When you cook a main course, you prepare all the different aspects of that main dish so that it's all hot and ready to be served all at once, right? 
you wouldn't serve the meat now and then, you know, 45 minutes later the potatoes and then 30 minutes after that the vegetables, right? You know, it would all be ready at the same time. What he's cooking, though, it's in four different pots, four different sized pots, four different things cooking all at the same time. It'll all be ready at once. And I felt very much like one was a meat, one was a potato, one was a vegetable, and one was a gravy. That was in the pots. So God's cooking up something for the bridge Long Island, and it smells really good. It's a full meal deal. And I felt that one of the items he's cooking up was going to be meaty. It was going to be of, um, of profound significance. It would be meaty. That the other, like the, like the potato, was going to be fulfilling. There'll be something very satisfying about the, the second aspect of this meal. The third is, would be like the vegetable. It would be sustaining. It would have elements to it that were nourishing and sustaining to us. I felt like the fourth item, along with the meat, the potatoes, and the vegetable, was some type of gravy. And that was the blessing. This part of it is just going to be gravy. It's going to be gravy on top of the whole thing. So God's cooking up something for us in 2011. There's four aspects to it. It's going to be meaty. It's going to be fulfilling. It's going to be sustaining. And there'll be a blessing involved in it. So, and it smelled good. Whatever it is, it's a good thing. I could see it. And I could smell it cooking. And he's the chef. He's cooking up something. So that was the third picture I seen. The fourth was this. I saw a piece of cloth that had been ripped. But it wasn't ripped completely in two. It was significantly ripped. But there was still one end of it that was, that was attached. And I could see hands holding this torn piece of cloth. And it looked like a brown cloth to me. It was almost like the brown, like that pillow over there looked very much like that kind of color that had been torn. And I saw hands, a needle and thread, mending the rip in this cloth. And it seemed like there were nine stitches uh, that were going to be required to completely mend this. Um, the needle and thread were in God's hands. Both of his hands were on all aspects of it. If you've ever sewn a piece of ripped cloth, if you're going to sew two ends of a ripped cloth, you've got to hold both of them, right? You need both your hands to do that. And that's what it was like. It was both hands were on it and was sewing, stitching together this, this cloth that had been ripped. And I felt that it represented broken relationships that would be mended in the year to come. Um, there was some consolation in the fact that the cloth had not been completely torn in two. That there was still, even though it was small on one side, there was still some means of attachment there. And that was a good thing in what I saw. Um, it, would, it would require nine stitches. I wondered if nine stitches would be nine months. And um, I felt led to Daniel 9.9. Nine. Uh, it seemed to go along with those those nine stitches, and, and it's a sobering verse. It says, the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. And so I felt like in, in the year to come that there would be a mending of, of broken relationships. There would be God's mercy, God's forgiveness in it. So it's, I don't know, we'll see what happens by September. That would be interesting to see how that plays out. And so that was the fourth vision. I've seen the, 
the beach ball going back and forth. I saw the old book, kind of mud on the outside, but gold letters light coming off the pages on the inside. I saw the four pots cooking on the stove. God's cooking on something. The fourth thing I seen was a needle and thread mending this brown cloth that had been ripped. And the last thing I seen was, um, was I seen a vine wrapped around a large tree. And it immediately made me think of John chapter 15. Here's a few verses, a few different verses from John 15. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I felt like God was saying as I saw this, this vine wrapped around this, this tree, the tree was gray and, and um, it seemed barren. It seemed like there was no bark on this tree. There was no life in this tree. Um, but the vine was bright green. It seemed very healthy, very alive. And it seemed like uh, the vine is Jesus. He's the vine that's wrapped around this tree. Verse 9 of John 15 says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And verse 11 says, I have told you this, so that my joy may in you, be in you, and that your joy may be complete. And so when I asked the Lord about this picture, um, I felt like there was great strength in this vine. Even as it, as it wrapped itself around this, it was a large tree, large gray tree. It seemed like it, had, it was pretty lifeless and no bark on it. And I felt like um, that the tree represented some long-standing deep-rooted obstacles that have been in our lives, in each of our lives, hindrances that have been in our lives. And I felt like the, the vine, that Jesus was coming, and it had strength enough to take down even this large tree, even something that had been deeply rooted uh, for a long time, things that maybe we've wrestled with most of our lives, things that have been a hindrance throughout our lives. And it seemed like the, the vine was coming to take down something that looked insurmountable, something that looked like vastly bigger than we could deal with, the, the vine was going to take, had strength enough to take down this, this dead old tree. And um, so those were the, the five pictures I seen for the coming year. It kind of seemed like what he was telling me in the be beginning with Proverbs 25 too. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. The glory of kings to search a matter out. These five pictures are are um, somewhat ambiguous. They require uh, interpretation. I think there's a sense of wooing uh, of God in them. And if, if you are interested, if it piques your curiosity, it's the glory of kings to search your matter out. So I'd encourage you to, to search out the beach ball and the old book and the four pots and the needle and thread and the torn cloth and the vine on the tree and see if there's greater or deeper revelation that God would give to you uh, for you uh, in, the, in the coming year. So let's pray. I, I don't often give personal prophetic words here uh, on a Sunday morning. I don't know, maybe we can count on one hand the number of times uh, that I've done that. But um, I don't know, let's pray and see if, if he shows me stuff this morning for us. It feels like revelation, like a prophetic spirit's here today. So Lord, show me. Give me eyes that see. 
Well, the first thing I sensed, and it really um, it came to me during worship. Um, Joe, I, I was appreciating the way you played drums this morning. At one point, you're kind of doing this thing on the snare drum that almost kind of like sounded like a military kind of marching thing. And that, there was strong sense to me that there were marching orders coming uh, in, in the year 2011 for you. I think that something's going to happen in the next year, and it's going to give you um, a course bearing. And it's going to give you marching orders on how to proceed. Um, uh, I don't know, you know if you had any questions about that, but something's going to happen, and the compass is going to point in the direction. You're going to know that's the way to go. And I really feel like it's going to be God. He's going to show you, hey, go this way. And um, it's not going to be something that you're going to uh, want to resist. I think it's going to be the joy, the delight of your heart. You'll have that sense from him, and you'll be like, yes, that's what I'm supposed to do. It's not like you'll get the marching orders and you're thinking, oh, man, <laughs> I don't want to go there. I think it's going to be a really good thing. So be encouraged you know, with that. And so, Lord, I pray you just bless Joe. That your presence would fall on him, that you reveal yourself to him in ways that he knows that you. I ask that you would speak his language. I pray that you would speak to him in things and what he sees and what he hears, and when he hears it, when he sees it, that it would resonate in his heart, and he would know, God, that was you. That was weird, but that was you. And it'd be real to him. Make it so, Lord. Make it so. And even with that, I think because when Joe was playing it, the sound went out throughout the whole room. I think there's, in a broader sense, I think for many of us, and it might have to do with what I've seen of the year uh, 2011 be a year of significant transition, I think a lot of us are going to get marching orders. People are going to get preceding words. And it's really going to be God. We, 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 we might see people move on in other directions in the coming year. And so it's okay. When it happens, no, it's a God thing. So if one of your friends has to leave because they got new marching orders from God, I just even now just say, be blessed in that. Be completely free in that. Go where he says go. If, the, if your commander gives you new marching orders, then go where he says to go. If the cloud moves, <laughs> follow the cloud. Uh, follow where he leads you. So, um, so yeah, I think that we'll see that happen with a few people in the, in the, in the coming year. And it's not like they're running away. It's not even rebellion. It's God. They're going to get new marching orders. And so we should rejoice with them as that happens. It's a good thing. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. So, uh, Neil, I see sound going into your left ear. I think you're going to get, um, you're going to get um, revelation from God. God's going to speak to you. And he's going to speak to you about destiny uh, in the year to come. Um, uh, there's so much more of your story yet to be written. Um, and so there's, there's more that's to come from him. So I can just see, I see words going into your left ears. Like I see, like, uh, like words that are, that are printed on a page. It's like those letters, those words are just going into your ear. God's going to be speaking to you, and I think he's going to speak to you significantly in the written word. Uh, his, in Scripture, and in, in the words of other authors that have been divinely inspired, authors that speak to you, that, that um, 
that you respect. And so, um, yeah, and you have ears to hear. It's like it's going in. There's nothing stopping it. But you can expect in the coming year that you'll have, you know, that kind of direction, that divine uh, direction. So God's funny. He shows me really strange things sometimes, and it takes me a second to understand, you know, what does that mean? And so, Candace, I look at you, and there's like a golden knapsack that's on your back. There's a golden knapsack <laughs> on your back. And it's packed. It's full. And so I, what I think this means is that this is for you personally. This isn't... Candace the wife, this isn't Candace the mother. This is just Candace. This isn't Candace the daughter. All wonderful things. All things you do extraordinarily well. But I think that there's, um, there is a journey uh, for you to go on uh, that would be represented by a knapsack. So if you have a knapsack, you're going to go on a journey. This is, you're probably not going to travel the world, right? This is probably a short journey. But there's, a, there's a, a journey that God has for you to go on. I think that's part of what the golden means. Um, that this is for you and him. This is for you as the daughter of the king. This is for you and your heavenly father. And there are precious things that you'll experience in the coming year as you just walk with him. And I think that, um, you know, boy, I know that you know, your free time is like almost non-existent. But if there are times where you could just walk with God, you and him could just walk together, I think he's going to speak to you in ways that you're going to find that are precious. And these will be things that you will carry with you the rest of your life. The knapsack that I see on you, the, the golden part of it, it's like it gets absorbed into you. So I would encourage you. I would really encourage you because I think it will be um, very valuable to you. The times when you can just be with him, he's going to speak to you in a way. It's going to be uh, communication from him to you, stuff that's going to go deep inside, um, and it will be with you always. So be blessed, my friend. That will be a good thing. Ellen, I, I look at you sitting back there, and it's like, um, it's like you're a staff in the hand of God. <laughs> and he takes you, and he slams you into the ground, and, um, and there has this huge ripple effect that goes out. And I think it speaks about prayer and intercession, that you are a powerful force in the hand of God, that when you pray, um, there is a huge impact. And the ripple effects that go out, it looks like these ripples go halfway around the world. And they just huge. So when, so I, please, I you know I just want to really, really exhort you as when you get a prompting of God to pray, pray because it's Him. He firmly has His hand around you, like a like a strong staff. And it's like he, there are times when when He is making um, declaration. There's there's a prophetic impact in the intercession and in the prayers that you pray. Follow His lead. Because I think there are times there will be things going on on the other side of the earth um, that, that are at a tipping point. And what they, what's needed in that moment is the prayers of the saints. I'm not really sure how that whole dynamic works in the spirit realm, but I know it works. And there will be times when he has you pray, 
and it'll impact things on the other side of the world, and you might never hear about it till you get to heaven. But I think it has a profound impact and significance in the spiritual realm. And so selfishly, hey, if you ever think about praying for me, <laughs> if I ever come to mind, you know, just pray as he leads you, because I think there's a real powerful effect. There is a real powerful effect, you know, when you pray. And so it's good. Good stuff. And so, Amory, I just see uh, flowers uh, blooming out of your heart, and I think that there will be things that have been in your heart for a long time. I think there are things that have been in your heart since you were a little girl that you're going to see bloom in, in 2011. Um, there are flowers. looks like there's five different flowers that, that bloom. Um, also, there's a sense that the Father loves you. Oh, my goodness. The Heavenly Father is so well pleased with you that, with you, that you are a delight uh, to him. Um, a great, great favor. And a great pleasure. Um, and so there are, there are some, I think there are some promises that you've been holding on to for a long time. And I think those, those flowers are they're about to bloom. Probably, you'll probably follow the, the, the calendar year. I think in the springtime you're going to see some some of these bloom. They're beautiful flowers, beautiful promises. I don't know what they specifically represent. I don't know at all, but I bless you in that. Just be blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, so let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the good things that you're doing. There was a TV commercial where it would rain a rainbow of Skittles. <laughs> and so, you know, that's kind of picture I see. It's like a rainbow of different colored drops coming down into people. And so they're deposits of his spirit. I know that the, the colors represent his spirit, gifts of his spirit, aspects of his nature. So let rain down upon your people. Let the colors come. Let it be sweet like candy in their lips. I think you guys are going to get your favorite flavor, your favorite color. I just see good things. So, I, Lord, I just speak blessing over the bridge of Long Island. I speak blessing over every man, woman, and child that we would know your favor. I think even the snow that we see outside this morning is a prophetic sign of his covering on us, of his favor uh, in our lives, uh, in this town. So, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your purposes be fulfilled in us. And Lord, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen? I love you guys. Be safe in the snow today. Please, if you're free and you're looking a bunch of people to have some fun on New Year's Eve, 8 o'clock, bring food, bring friends, bring some games. We'll have a good time here. We'll ring in the New Year together. Have an awesome day, guys.